Hey, Mama. I know getting meals on the table for your family can feel tough, especially finding weeknight-friendly meals that everyone in the family will love. There's a good chance it's why you're here, at least I hope so. Helping moms take the stress out of feeding their family is my biggest passion. It's why I share with you here, and it's why I created the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. If you've ever wished this podcast came with a weekly done-for-you dinner plan with a shopping list and meal prep tips, or maybe a recipe library with over 200 family-friendly recipes, cooking tips, how-tos, and hacks, well, it does, and it's all in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club over on Patreon. Starting at just $3 a month for access to our 200-plus recipe vault with printable PDF recipes, or $5 a month for weekly done-for-you dinner plans, plus the recipe vault and bonus podcasts every month, the Healthy Mama Cooking Club is the dinnertime solution you're looking for. Head to patreon.com slash healthymamachris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode. I'm Kristen Dobniak, holistic nutritionist and mama of two, and this is the Healthy Balance Mama podcast, where I believe every mama is a super mama, and you deserve to feel like one too, and you don't need to go on another diet to do it. This is a podcast about ditching the diet dogma, embracing intuitive eating, real food, and living healthy, happy, and whole. Hey friends, welcome back to the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. Whether this is your first time tuning in or you've been a listener from the beginning, I am so grateful for you tuning in. For those of you who have left reviews, for those of you who have left star ratings, I appreciate each and every one of you coming here and taking part of your day to learn with me um, about what it means to live a healthy, balanced mama life. This month, the podcast officially turns six months old, which seems crazy, and this episode marks the end of season one. This is the season one finale. Don't worry, we will be back in just a week for season two. I had actually intended on um, having a, a a longer break, but I had so many awesome guests that I wanted to squeeze in before the end of season one, so here we are, um, just a week break, but what I wanted to do today is to to first just chat about this first season of the podcast and then talk about what's in store for season two and then dig into some questions that came in following my intuitive eating summer series. And if you haven't listened to my intuitive eating summer series, I encourage you to go back um, throughout the whole summer. I did six episodes, a six episode series with um, a couple of guests in between talking about intuitive eating, go, going over the 10 principles and giving giving you a few actionable steps for beginning to implement the principles in to your life. So this first season of the podcast, oh my gosh, it was beyond what I ever could have imagined. Like I shared in my 30th birthday episode, this podcast truly is one of my favorite things I have ever done in my business or really in business in general. I've had a couple of businesses, um, you know, back from when I was a personal chef to doing, um, you know, personal training and online nutrition coaching, and now doing food freedom coaching and, and really what I'm doing now. And this is just such a unique way to connect with you as listeners, as followers, as well as a way to introduce you to and connect you with some other incredible experts on topics that I'm passionate about as well and things that I want to learn about. So I figure you probably want to learn about as well. 
And I have just been blown away by the incredible guests that have said yes to being on the podcast this first season. We had Tasha from The Natural Nurturer, who ended up being my first guest here on the podcast, Lex from Restoring Radiance, Julie Duffy Dillon talking about PCOS and food peace, Jess from Hold the Space Wellness, Janelle from Live Well with Janelle, Laura from Radical Roots, the ridiculously knowledgeable women from Zesty Ginger talking about hormone health, and so many more to come. It has truly been a privilege to be able to connect with these women on my end, and I know you all enjoyed the episodes as well. I was really passionate that season one would introduce you to not only me and my story, but the basics and beyond of intuitive eating and the benefits of ditching diets so you can start implementing those principles and finding your beautiful balance, which I think we definitely did. Some of my most popular episodes from season one were the 10 principles of intuitive eating, where I give a brief overview of all of the 10 principles, meal planning and intuitive eating, which I know is something I'm super passionate about and a huge topic um, for moms especially, and the difference between real and fake food freedom, as well as the episode on stress and emotional eating. So in season two, I am so excited to bring you more guests, of course, but I also want to expand on the information base that I already have on the podcast to dig in a little deeper to some different topics. We're going to talk more about kids and families and creating that balance within your family life. We're going to talk about practical tips for living out your beautiful balance beyond just the basics. How can we live this out and make this our life? We will still be talking a ton about intuitive eating, but I also want to dig deeper into health, habits, body image, and implementing everyday changes to simplify nutrition and tune into your intuition. So I hope that you'll stick around for season two. Um, And as always, please remember that you can always go ahead and submit your questions or guest requests to my email. The link's in the show notes, but it's just chris at healthymamachris.com. I really want to hear from you. I love when you shoot me questions over on DM, on Instagram, on Facebook, or um, through my email. Because ultimately, I want this podcast to be for you. I love recording it, but I want it to benefit you. So I want the guests that come on and the topics that I share to really, truly be benefiting you. I want this podcast to be consistently growing because I want more women to hear this message of balance beyond dieting. So please go ahead and, you know, submit your questions. And I can't wait to introduce all of the guests that we have for season two and all of the topics I have planned. I think it's going to be just as fabulous as season one. And I hope that this podcast continues indefinitely. In the same vein, friends, I would so appreciate if you loved season one, even if you just listened to one episode of season one and it benefited from you, I would really appreciate if you could hop onto iTunes or whatever your podcast provider is and leave me a star rating and review. This star rating and review allows the podcast to be seen and heard by more women that need to hear this message. That star rating and that review helps it to come up in the Apple's charts so more people can see it 
it in new and noteworthy and the various categories that people are searching for um, podcasts on intuitive eating and ditching dieting and mom life and finding your balance so if you could do me a huge favor as you know a thank you for any of the information or the guests that I've shared that you have appreciated I would oh my gosh I would be so so grateful for that so Thank you, friends, so much for tuning in to season one, and I'm excited for what's in store for season two. So now what I wanted to do was switch gears and dig into some questions that you submitted on intuitive eating following my intuitive eating summer series. So like I said, if you haven't followed along, I spent six episodes going over the basics of intuitive eating with practical tips to help you begin to apply the principles to your life. So if you haven't read the intuitive eating book or you want a little bit more detail on real application of the principles, this is a great place to start. So I have four follow-up questions here that I'm going to go ahead and answer in um, sort of a rapid fire. I don't want this to be, you know, an hour and a half long episode, um, but any of these questions, if you have follow-up questions, please send them over and I might create a full episode on any of these questions if it is something that you want me to dig in a little bit deeper. So question number one, how long did it take you to become an intuitive eater? This is such a good question, Um, and I actually um, just spent a few days sharing my story of becoming an intuitive eater from doing a fitness competition and that sort of whole journey over on Instagram, Um, but I really want to premise this answer um, with everyone's journey to intuitive eating is different, just because, you know, all of us have different histories with food and dieting or not dieting and, and really trying to find our balance that um, everyone's journey from whatever place they're in to becoming an intuitive eater is different. And I have a feeling that this listener might want some insight on how long it is going to take her to become an intuitive eater. Um, I'm assuming the listener is a her, as this is the Healthy Balanced Mama podcast, so no hate, um, you know, we're for everyone, but that's just what I'm assuming. And it's important to remember that We come from different backgrounds. We all have different experiences with food and dieting. So for some women, depending on their readiness, it might click almost right away. Or, you know, one principle might click and they can move on to the next one very quickly. Um, Again, this is not a linear process of intuitive eating. There are 10 principles, but it doesn't have to be like a one through 10. You start where it's right for you. But no matter where you start or how quickly it clicks, so to speak, It's a journey, and we all need to honor that journey. You need to honor your own journey, and however long it takes you to get to a place where you feel like an intuitive eater, or better yet, a normal eater, where eating is normalized, where you don't feel guilt or shame around food or stress around food choices. It is such a beautiful place to be. Um, But whether you feel like you are consistently tuning into your body, or food isn't even a thing anymore, your journey is going to take the right amount of time for you. So that being said, I started working with an intuitive eating counselor prior to becoming pregnant with my second daughter um, almost three years ago. So I had um, listened to, sorry, I had read the, I listened to a lot of audiobooks, but I had actually read the print intuitive eating book in the fall um, prior to that. So that spring, I had done a fitness competition. And it was when I did that fitness competition, actually post-fitness competition, when when I was supposed to be doing this like 
reverse diet because they convinced me that I was going to ruin my metabolism if I just went back to eating after restricting so severely for the 12 weeks leading up to the fitness competition, which was an incredible experience, but um, a crazy one at that and terrible for my body. And I ended up having a whole health crash afterwards. I struggled with adrenal issues, um, severe, severe, severe exhaustion. I found out I had PCOS and it took a long time to kind of get my health back into a good place. And I, But I knew from that experience of doing the fitness competition and doing this reverse diet and feeling even more restricted coming out of the fitness competition, I remember a morning I was sitting in the church parking lot before a MOPS meeting. Um, Mothers of preschoolers is what MOPS means. And I'm sitting in the parking lot. My daughter's asleep in the back. And I got an email from my coach and she was asking me, you know, how I was doing. She gave me a new set of macros and she asked me when I was going to do my next fitness competition. And I was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Like, I haven't even recovered from this competition. I am not ready to think about another one. And I realized how incredibly restricted I had felt the whole time, even though I had this goal I was reaching for. Afterwards, I thought that I would just be able to eat again and that I wouldn't have to worry every single meal about measuring and tracking and obsessing over my food. But this reverse dieting process was even more restrictive because they convinced me that my metabolism was going to be completely destroyed if I just started eating food again, which is ridiculous. But I digress. So I remember thinking about it and feeling so frustrated and going into the meeting and sitting down for brunch where everyone else was eating, you know, muffins and scones and egg bakes and bagels and getting just a handful of vegetables and some fruit and sitting down. And one of the women at my table turned to me and she's like, oh, are you still doing that competition thing? And I was like, no, I'm all done. And she was like, oh, okay. And then just kind of turned to the woman next to me and started having a conversation with her because it was so clear that I was still so incredibly restricted, even though I wasn't doing this competition anymore. And I was like, no, I cannot do this anymore. I'm done. I want to feel normal again. And so that was when I emailed my coach and I told her that I no no longer needed her services and even though it wasn't like it was an overnight switch at all where I decided that I wasn't going to be tracking or measuring or any of that. I still was, but I started to lighten up from there. I realized how much the restriction of this fitness competition and these diets that I had done prior to the fitness competition, it wasn't just a fitness competition. It was years and years of dieting. If you've listened to my story um, in episode two, I talk a lot about my history with, you know, having an eating disorder in high school and coming out of that and then yo-yo dieting for years. So you can go and listen to that if you want a little bit more detail. But after that happened, that a couple months later was when my health crash happened. And then it was a little bit of time of, you know, healing my hormones and getting my body back into balance before I read the intuitive eating book. But all throughout this time, I knew that I was done dieting. I knew that I was done restricting. And it was actually really difficult to even go on the healing protocol that I had um, kind of been working on with my naturopath and my nutritionist and and my um, midwife trying to get my hormones back into balance with my PCOS and getting my energy back from my adrenal issues and all of that, it was really difficult because I was suffering from almost like a post-traumatic stress from this severe, severe restriction. So I knew in the back of my head that I'm, I was done with dieting and I didn't want to restrict anymore, but I wasn't really sure where to go from there. So 
reading the intuitive eating book was like this huge revelation for me and I was like this is where I'm heading and it wasn't so that was in the fall and it wasn't until January of next year that I signed on with an intuitive eating coach who happens to be Christy Harrison um, who runs the food psych podcast she is incredible she's no longer doing one-on-one coaching I believe but she's got a book coming out and her podcast is awesome and so I worked with her for a couple months until I became pregnant And that was a journey in and of itself. And that could be a whole other episode. And I think I will do an episode on sort of the difference between my two pregnancies because the first one was, um, the whole experience was incredibly stressful. I had a lot of health issues um, all throughout, including, you know, a traumatic labor and birth and all of that. And so there was a lot of fear in the beginning of my um, journey to becoming pregnant with Ren, my second daughter. And, but really, ultimately, I listened to my body for the first time in a really, really long time, I allowed myself to listen to my body and trust that my body knew what to do. My body knew how to grow a baby. Women have been having babies for thousands and thousands of years. So I let that process happen. And thank you, Lord, that pregnancy was a million times easier than my pregnancy with Sage. And it was, which had been three years prior, or the the pregnancy, I guess, had been four years prior. And I mean, I was younger with Sage and I didn't have another child. So that part of it was hard. But physically, my body handled it a lot better. Mentally, I wasn't tracking things all the time. I wasn't freaking out over getting the perfect amount of nutrients. It was much less stressful. I had a beautiful, super quick labor and delivery. I actually talked about it a little bit with um, Jess of Hold the Space Wellness. If you if you go back and listen to her episode, we talked a little bit about my birth story, which was totally unexpected, but was really fun to talk about. And from there, after I gave birth to Ren and I went into this postpartum stage, I decided that I wasn't going to make this extreme effort after all of the work that I had already done, after all the health issues I had done, after the restrictions that I had um, put myself under, that I wasn't going to do that in the postpartum period. That I was going to allow my baby's nourishment to be important above all. I chose to nurse and that was really important to me. And That's what I decided. And to be completely honest, there was a three-week period where I decided to go on a diet postpartum because I had gotten so fed up with just feeling uncomfortable in my body because I was in this in-between phase where I wasn't back into like pre-pregnancy clothes, but I also wasn't um, in maternity clothes anymore. And so I went on this like, you know, short plan and partway through, I was like tracking my macros again. And I was like, oh my gosh, Kristen, what are you doing? You already read the book. You know, dieting doesn't work. Why are you doing this? And thankfully, because of what I had learned and the skills I had already learned and working with the coach, I had, I was very easily able to kind of snap out of it. And that was the last diet I have done. And from there, I allowed myself to buy a pair of jeans that were a size that was a little uncomfortable for me at the time, but was so much more comfortable to wear. And I was so much more confident in my body wearing something that was comfortable and it wasn't falling off or it wasn't too tight. And what I did in that next year was allow my body to come into a place of balance, to tune into my body, to go through the intuitive eating workbook and really work the principles of intuitive eating and allow my health and my family's health to be number one over aesthetics. 
Hey there, Mama. Have you heard about the Supermama Society? What, are you living under a rock? <laughs> I'm just kidding. The Supermama Society is an exclusive online membership for the mama who wants the latest nutrition lowdown, but wants to approach it from a place of balance, not restriction. It's for the busy mom who doesn't have time to pour over the latest nutrition research, but wants the best for herself and her family. It's for the mom who's ready to finally ditch diets and find true health without rules. As a society member, you'll gain access to exclusive monthly nutrition coaching videos designed just for you, based on the questions I get asked by mamas every day. You'll also get a members-only email newsletter every month featuring society-exclusive recipes and nutrition tips, access to my full ebook library, exclusive bonus audios and PDF worksheets that aren't available anywhere else. Join me, Kristen Dovniak, holistic nutritionist and mama in building a league of supermamas. Because I believe you are a supermama. And as moms, we are the catalyst for raising the next generation of nourished, empowered eaters. Sign up today at supermamasociety.com. I want to give you the tools to live your healthiest mama life and feel like the supermama I know you are. And my body settled into this beautiful place where once it stopped changing, it stopped changing. And obviously our bodies, you know, change and grow and we, you know, we shift throughout the seasons. But I don't have these extremes like I did before of like one season, I'm 20 pounds heavier than the other season. And I do not weigh myself anymore. And I have no intentions to ever weigh myself again in the future. I actually refused to be weighed at the doctor for the first time a few months ago. And it was so empowering because we know that our weight does not equal our health. And so I let go of that and I allowed my body to find this place of balance, but it didn't come without work and it didn't come without falling off and then coming back in to this space of intuitive eating. And I don't like this idea of there being a wagon. There is no wagon. This is our life. But, you know, I, I did. I had that experience of going away from these skills that I learned as an intuitive eater because um, I wasn't quite there yet. And that's okay. And I want to encourage you that it's okay if sometimes you slip back into those old patterns and then you come on back. Because every time you slip back, you have more realizations and you start to learn what really truly feels good in your body and what it feels like to be restricted and to not feel good. And all of that is fuel for your growth in becoming an intuitive eater. Um, so, you know, almost two years after... She was born now. She'll be two in October. I can confidently say that um, I am no longer just an intuitive eater, but I'm a normal eater. Food is not a thing for me anymore. And I will say that I went, when I went through um, the intuitive eating counselor certification process starting in January, I also hired my own intuitive eating coach. She's an intuitive eating coach and a financial coach and a business coach and an everything coach. Paige is just incredible. She's going to be on the podcast um, later on in the fall. And oh my gosh, I just absolutely adore this woman. But any of the last food things that I had hanging on, I wanted to let go of those before I started working with clients. And what I found in working with her, it was really funny because we signed on for six months together and I'm so grateful I did because she is an incredible woman and we had such a great experience together and I'm continuing to work with her um, to this day. But it was really only like the first few sessions to get through those last couple of kind of food hangups that I had still had from years and years of dieting. And when I let those go, food started becoming easy again. 
I say again, but really, food started becoming easy for the first time ever. I didn't worry about the changes I was making because I had the base, the basis of intuitive eating and I knew what foods made me feel good in my body, which is also a process to learn how to nourish your body in a way that feels good. And I had gained this confidence that I can make the right choices for my body, that like in pregnancy, my body knows what it's doing. Our bodies were born to eat. They were designed to eat intuitively. And it's this culture, this society that tells us that we don't know how to treat our bodies. And so, you know, very long story short, It's been a three-year journey, or even longer than that, probably a four-year journey to really find this space of really, truly not just being an intuitive eater, but being a normal eater. And that's something I never thought I would say, that food simply isn't a thing anymore. I love it. I enjoy it. I make choices that serve me. I love nutrient-dense foods, but I do not sweat it one little bit. There is zero guilt, zero shame about having that ice cream cone when I want it. It just doesn't take up brain space anymore that it doesn't need to and that my friends oh my gosh that is what I hope for every single woman listening to this podcast that food is something that is for nourishment and fuel and pleasure and that it can be one it can be all three and it doesn't really matter it all balances out just by utilizing the principles of intuitive eating to tune into your body and develop this incredible relationship with food and ultimately with yourself. That was such an important part of my journey was accepting myself and accepting my body as it is so I could allow myself to go through this process of eating intuitively and really letting go of dieting. So um, that was supposed to be, that was not a rapid fire at all. That was supposed to be a short answer, but um, long story short, that is how long it took me to become an intuitive eater. But you know what? We're always all in pro- in process, right? Um, there is no perfection in intuitive eating. So I, you know, I'm clearly, I'm not perfect, even though I don't feel guilt or shame around food anymore. You know, I still have thoughts pop up like, oh, I shouldn't eat that. But the difference is now I can reframe that or I can, you know, question why I'm feeling that thought. And I think that that's, that's really important to point out that this is all a process. Um, I'm still growing in my journey. It's only been a few years and it's okay if you're still growing too. So let's move on to the next question. So question number two, how do you stay positive on days you don't feel the best because you're eating more while intuitive eating and not restricting? So friend, I can totally empathize with you. Um, And you know, like I was just saying, bad days are normal and they are to be expected. This is not a linear process. It's not something where you just, you know, it starts with a decision, but it's not something where you just make the decision to become an intuitive eater and then all of a sudden you're an intuitive eater. Even though we were born to eat and we were born with these innate skills, we have to tap into them. So intuitive eating is a set of skills that we need to learn and mindfulness and being mindful around food is a muscle that needs to be constantly worked until it is easy to use, if that makes sense. So something like becoming more positive um, about eating more really, you know, comes down to learning that it's okay to experience the different feelings that come up when you are learning to eat intuitively. 
and to remind yourself that your body needs fuel. Our needs change on a day-to-day basis, and sometimes we're going to eat more, and sometimes we're going to eat less. Your only job is to feed your body as it desires, because feeding your body creates trust, and when your body trusts that it's going to be fueled when, you, you know, when you're hungry, then there is, there's less panic around eating. There's less panic around when you're hungry and, oh my gosh, I need to eat. And when you are feeding your body regularly, it's a lot easier to respond to fullness too. So you might be eating more overall, but that might just be the day. And, you know, we really don't know how much more we're eating than we were before because we're not restricting, we're not tracking or measuring. And that can be really scary. A lot of this is is rooted in fear. And that is so, so normal in this process. It can take time to get used to responding to hunger and feeling our fullness and not judging yourself for eating. This is really, really important. It's practicing a non-judgmental reaction to your food choices. Think of something a friend would do for you, right? You ate this thing, okay? So let's say it's a cookie. All right, I ate this cookie. That's okay. Time to move on with life. Time to move on with the next thing. Completely neutral, non-judgmental, observational, you ate this thing, that's it, moving on. Taking the judgment out of our choices and the amount we ate takes the power away from feeling like we need to restrict. If there's no judgment, if we're not judging, then it takes that power away. Then we're not worried about it, right? But like I said, this takes time, right? It takes consistently reminding yourself that your body needs fuel and that this is okay, that this is part of the process and that I am creating trust in my body so that I can develop these skills that will last me a lifetime. That food has no morals. It does not make me good or bad and I don't need to judge myself for it and I don't need to worry about eating more because guess what? Our bodies were designed to process food. We have a metabolism for a reason. It knows what to do with it. And feeding yourself and learning how to honor your hunger and fullness will create that trust. It all links together, right? Responding non-judgmentally and responding to your body's cues. And the more we do that, the more it feels natural. It can also be helpful to really get to the root of what fears you have around food and practice challenging them. I know this can be hard, but stick with me here, okay? Are you afraid of eating too much and gaining weight? Are you afraid of eating carbs and feeling bloated, etc., etc.? Challenging these fears by doing the thing that makes you uncomfortable, which, you know, it might take some time to actually do the thing. Um, you might think about, you know, eating a little bit more and you might need, it might take you a couple times to decide to actually eat a little bit more and that's okay. But challenging the fear and noticing, this is this what if mindset, noticing what happens if you do eat a little bit more. Chances are nothing is going to happen. If you eat too much and you're a little bit full, well, that's okay. Your body knows how to process that food. It will process that food and that feeling will go away and you can make a different choice or the same choice at the next meal and none of it makes you good or bad. 
But challenging the fears can be helpful to just allow your body to see what will or won't happen when you do experience new food experiences. If you eat more carbs, do you actually end up bloated? Maybe you do, and that's okay. It doesn't mean carbs are bad. It just means your body is reacting in that way. And we don't need to restrict anything just because our body responds in a certain way. Our body's responding in the only way it knows how, and we are responding in the only way we know how. But the power that we have is to respond in a different way. Because like I said before, the whole goal is to create trust that you will respond to your body's cues and feed your body. And the more you develop this trust, the less hard these days will become. The more natural it will feel to eat a little bit more because you are fueling your body and you're not restricting, which is so beautiful and so good. Remember, your your body works better on more fuel. This doesn't mean, you know, an overabundance of fuel, but your body works better when you are fueling it in a way that it needs. And the only way that we can respond in that way is by tuning in to our hunger and fullness and choosing foods that are satisfying so we are eating the right amount for us. And again, this changes day to day. Work on responding non-judgmentally, responding to your hunger and fullness, and the more you do this, the more you will create trust. So I hope that was helpful to to answer your question there. Question number three. I love this question. Hi, Kristen. I'm 54 and currently recovering from back surgery. Is intuitive eating for all ages? Yes, 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 yes. Intuitive eating is for everyone. I've said this before in this episode and I've said it before on the podcast that um, we were born to eat, right? We were born needing to nourish our body with fuel with food, (laughs) with food as fuel. We were born with this need. So we were born with the innate wisdom to recognize our hunger and to stop when we're full. We have these bodily cues because this is what we were born with. Um, And so that is what tells us that our body needs more fuel and that our body is done and it doesn't need any more food. But over the years, with society, with diet culture telling us what we should eat, when we should eat, how much we should eat, our, you know, our recognition of our our body's natural cues is clouded and we have a lot of ideas in our head about how we should and shouldn't eat. So no matter if you are a child and learning, you know, through example, through your parents, hopefully through you, mama, um, a child or a grandchild, that it's okay to listen to our body's cues to respond when we're hungry and to stop when we're full and that food is neutral. It doesn't make us good or bad that we eat both fuel foods and fun foods. Then, you know, it's going to take a little bit more time to maybe adjust to moving past what culture has told us, what diet culture has told us, what society tells us about what we should and shouldn't eat, when we should and shouldn't eat. But that doesn't mean you can't still work on it no matter what age you are. We can all tune into our body's innate wisdom of hunger and fullness and satisfaction and make peace with all foods, ditch the diets, and honor our bodies with movement and gentle nutrition no matter how old we are. Depending on what your history is, like I was ta- responding to the um, the first listener who was asking about how long it 
takes to become an intuitive eater. Everyone's journey is different. If you've gone through your whole 54 years, you know, dieting on and off, it might take a little bit more time to move past those diet, that diet culture mindset of having to eat a certain amount or eating at a certain amount of time, or because you had back surgery, you have to eat a certain way, or you have to eat less because you're not moving as much. But the thing is that because our bodies are born to eat and to respond to the food we eat and respond to the movement we have, think about, you know, if you've ever gone on a long run, it takes a little while, but you're typically much hungrier afterwards because your body needs to refuel or same thing with any sort of, you know, exercise, your body needs to refuel afterwards because you have, you know, lost that energy through movement. So our body knows how to adjust, but we just need to tune in to allow our bodies to tell us if we might need a little bit less than, um, you know, we do otherwise because we're not moving as much. That is perfectly fine to just listen to our bodies to tell us. And it's also okay if we still feel like we're eating the same amount of food as before, because remember your body in the case of back surgery is healing and healing takes fuel. There is no reason to, um, you know, to change what we're eating because we are in a different stage, our bodies will do that for us if we are tuning in and allowing our bodies to tell us what we need and how much we need. Now, this being said, if you are healing from a chronic health condition, there's nothing wrong with adding gentle nutrition practices to this, but it doesn't need to be something that becomes obsessive. If you want to include more anti-inflammatory foods to help you with healing, that is totally fine. But tuning in is really, really important because your body will tell you if you need more, if you need less, but it requires the process of allowing your body or allowing yourself to tune into your body's natural cues. And that does that can take time. And we do have to get rid of this idea that diet culture has given us that we have to eat a certain amount or a certain amount of portions or we have to reduce our intake significantly because we're going through this surgery or because we're, you know, a little bit older. We're in a different stage of our life. Yes, children and, you know, adults in their 50s and 60s are going to be in different stages. Of course, we're all in different stages in our life, but that doesn't mean you can't be an intuitive eater at any age, whether you're still learning to navigate food as a child and you're, you know, displaying this for your children. You're a teenager, you're a college student learning how to navigate, you know, feeding yourself and trying to ignore this society of diet culture that's all around us. Or, you know, you're a mom who wants to set a better example for their kids, or you're a grandma who wants to set a better example for their grandkids and maybe finally release dieting because how exhausting to always be on a diet And how much more brain space and how much more freedom and life can we have at any stage when we are not stressing over our food? So I hope that answered the question that no matter how old you are, you can absolutely learn the skills to become an intuitive eater because we were all born to eat. We were born with these innate cues inside of us. We just need to tap into them. So question number four, the last question I'm going to dig into today, and this is actually a topic I am going to dig into a lot deeper um, in the Supermama Society next month, which happens to open today. Today is the first day that the Supermama Society is open for September. We only open three times a year, so um, 
end of right you know very end of august beginning of september um, registration for the super mama society will be open but um, i'm going to get to the question because the question is how do you handle seasons of stress and eating intuitively all that seems to go out of the window i feel you mama i feel like i'm saying that with every single one of these questions but this is real this is super real because we are moms and life is full of seasons and it can be easy to feel like our intuition goes out of the window when we are thinking of a million other things it can be really hard to tune into our bodies when we have so many other things happening around us when we're stressing out about just life in general but the first thing i recommend is, you know, we can somewhat anticipate these times of stress or these seasons of busyness. So, you know, back to school is a really good example of this. And we're going to talk a lot about this in the Supermama Society and um, actually in the podcast. I'm doing a whole back to school series the second week of September as we hop into season two. Um, So a little sneak peek there. But when we're going through transitions and we are a little bit more stressed than normal, we can sort of anticipate that. And so it's really important to Practice the principles of intuitive eating when you're not stressed. It's really, it's almost impossible to learn new things when we're super stressed because our brain is just not in that mode. So practicing the principles of intuitive eating, especially the ones that you struggle the most with, whether it's making peace with food and struggling with, you know, guilt and shame around maybe eating a little bit differently during these seasons of stress, eating intuitively doesn't mean eating perfectly. It means tuning into your body and every season is going to be a little bit different, just like, you know, with the the woman who had just had back surgery and that her season might be a little bit different. How she eats now might be a little bit different than how she eats otherwise. Same thing when you're going through a season of stress. When you can practice the principles ahead of time and start tuning into your body, into your hunger and fullness and knowing what types of foods satisfy you and making peace with foods when you do maybe eat a little bit differently and you've already put diet culture aside and gone, I am not going to go on a diet because I feel like I need to control during this time of stress. My body knows how to deal. I just need to allow it. So practicing those principles when you're not stressed can be really, really helpful because then we already have that foundation of intuitive eating. And like I was talking about before, you know, mindfulness as a muscle, we build it the more we use it. Same thing with these principles of intuitive eating, with these skills. They're, you know, even though they're innate, they're skills that need to be developed. But when you have those skills, it's really easy to tap back into them even when you're stressed. So I highly encourage you to practice those principles when you're not stressed. If you anticipate a stressful season coming up, maybe take some more time to tune in to work on the principles that seem the hardest for you. And then when those stressful times come, you can very easily tap into your intuition. But also, be okay without feeling guilt or shame if the season means that, you know, you're not eating in a perfect way that serves you 100% of the time. So the second thing that I would recommend is to just notice what reactions your body has to food around stressful times. So are you eating emotionally? It can be really important to work on positive coping mechanisms that aren't turning to food. 
Maybe it's not eating. This can be a really important time to focus on eating for self-care. My husband is like this. When he gets stressed out, he just doesn't eat. It's like he forgets that his body needs fuel. And I don't understand that. I have to be like really, really anxious, in or, which doesn't happen very often. Oftentimes I won't be hungry before a speaking engagement, but that's like pretty much it. <laughs> Most of the time I am hungry on a regular basis, but he completely loses his appetite during times of stress. So this is where self-care eating can come into play. And what self-care eating is, is simply not skipping meals. Um, It's fueling your body on a regular basis, even if you might not feel like it. This doesn't mean you need to be, you know, eating to the point of fullness consistently throughout the day. It's just making sure that you are, are eating consistently throughout the day, even if they're small meals, because skipping meals sets you up for fluctuating blood sugar levels, which can make the stress response even worse. So if you aim to eat balanced meals every, you know, four to five hours, you don't need to watch the clock, but if you've noticed it's been quite a long time since you've had a meal. It keeps your blood sugar stable and it keeps your energy levels up so you can better deal with the stressful season that's happening. So nourishing yourself in the best way you know how during this time. So the meals that you know feel good to you. So when I feel like I can't really eat a meal, something like a smoothie works really well for me, but it might be something different for you. It could be crackers and cheese, right? It could be anything, a a piece of fruit with some peanut butter. So setting yourself up with healthy options on hand, um, these things that you know already make you feel good can be really, really important too. So when you go to the grocery store and you're like, I have like no time to meal plan, to meal prep, life is just crazy, it is stressful, and even though meal planning and meal prep can help you during the times of stress, just simply focusing on the foods you already know make you feel good and keeping those on hand can allow you to eat for self-care so you're not skipping meals, your blood sugar is balanced, so you can react well to this stressful period of time. And number three is to remember that stress is normal and it's a normal, natural part of life. Being overstressed consistently can be damaging to our bodies. And so if it is something that, you know, is consistently happening within your life, I encourage you to to get some help with dealing with that. But if it's just a stressful season, know that it is just a season. You're not going to be 100% tuned in all the time and this is okay. Your body will fall into balance when you allow it to. When you practice those principles of intuitive eating when you're not stressed, so then you can practice them when you are going through a more stressful season. And when you're noticing what reactions your body has to food around stressful times, instead of ignoring it and you're feeding yourself, eating for self-care, or you know, creating positive coping mechanisms rather than I'm just stressed, I'm just going to eat four bags of chips, I am going to go for a walk with a friend. I am going to sit in the bath and listen to a podcast. I'm going to go to the coffee shop and read a fiction book for a little while to keep my mind off of it. Whether it is distraction, journaling, talking to someone about it, whatever you need to do, it's not going to be perfect, but you can learn to respond well. So whatever your reactions are, work on those um, positive coping mechanisms by either making sure you're eating on a regular basis or that you're responding to your emotions in a positive way rather than consistently turning to food. And it's okay to eat food for emotional reasons. It's just not something that you want to be your only coping mechanism, right? I want to remind you that you cannot fail at intuitive eating. 
Diets are straightforward and there are rules to follow and it's clear when you're, you know, doing the diet right or you're doing the diet wrong and it's quote unquote not working. Intuitive eating, even though it's outlined by principles, is a lifelong journey. Like I was talking about in the beginning, it's a process. So please don't get discouraged if you feel like it's a stressful time and you're not as tuned in as you'd like to be. Continue to apply the principles that you're learning and just learn about your body. Learn about how your body reacts during these seasons so you can positively cope during the season and in seasons in the future. There's no perfection in intuitive eating. It is a beautiful journey of discovery. So if you loved this podcast and you want to dig deeper into intuitive eating and simplifying nutrition, you are going to want to join me in the Supermama Society. The Supermama Society is my inner circle. It is a membership program designed to empower moms to live their happiest, healthiest lives beyond diets. You'll get monthly access to uh, nutrition coaching videos on topics you want to learn about. This is all community driven. So I talk about things like meal planning and meal prep, stress and emotional eating, how to balance your hunger hormones, how to choose satisfying foods, how to boost your family's immune system is a topic we are going to talk about in the fall, how to balance your digestion and so much more. It is all about simplifying nutrition and tuning in to your intuition. But aside from just the monthly nutrition coaching videos, our um, brand new podcast style audio lessons on nutrition, mindset, and more each and every month. There's one to two every single month exclusive seasonal recipe recipes plus 50 more um, access to my full ebook and printable library which includes things like meal planning printables my power pantry guide lunchbox guide 15 minute dinners and a ton more as well as free entry into my intuitive mama five-day online program which is available for download only to super mama society members um, and i do a monthly live q a session where you can ask me all of the questions you have on simplifying living your healthiest mama life, intuitive eating, whatever is on your mind, I am there for you. I want to answer your questions. I want you to have access for me at a price that works for your life. So no matter what stage of motherhood you're in or knowledge of nutrition or intuitive eating you have, the Supermama Society is designed to help you take the guesswork out of nutrition and create a healthier, happier relationship with food. So like I said earlier, registration is open now and it is only open for two weeks. There are three options to join. You can join monthly for $15 a month, quarterly, um, or yearly, and you get extra special bonuses if you join yearly, including access to my full Healthy Mama Meal Prep program, which is an $89 program. So that is huge. Um, So if you are interested, I would love to have you head to supermamasociety.com. The link will be in the show notes to learn more and to join today. And just like I said earlier, if you have questions, please reach out to me, Chris at HealthyMamaChris.com. Even though the podcast will be on a break for a week, I'm still here for you. So catch me on Instagram at HealthyMamaChris over on Facebook in the Healthy Mama Life community or on my Healthy Mama Chris page over there. I love hearing from you. So please do not hesitate to reach out. I'm just a mom like you with a little bit more nutrition knowledge who knows a lot about intuitive eating and who really wants to help you live your healthiest life and serve my listeners, my followers, my readers the best way I possibly can. So thank you friends so much for such a fabulous season one. I am so excited to jump into season two. Have a beautiful next week or so before we talk again.
Thank you, friends, so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. I truly hope it encouraged and inspired you today to live a healthier life without restriction. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you do me a huge favor and give it a star rating and review in iTunes? Every rating, review, and subscribe helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear it. You can find me, Kristen, on Instagram and Facebook at Healthy Mama Chris or on my website, HealthyMamaChris.com. And don't forget to join us in the newly launched Supermama Society, a monthly membership to help you tune in to your intuition and nourish yourself without restriction to live like the Supermama I know you are. As a reminder, the information and opinions on this podcast are intended for information and inspiration only and are not a substitute for professional medical advice or treatment. Please consult with your healthcare practitioner before making any changes. Have a beautiful day, friends.